0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to Stream Weavers, your maybe not so favorite movie podcast, uh, where two girls embark in the land of streaming—not uh, streaking for those old school fans. Streaming: Hulu, Amazon Prime, Netflix, and all that comes entails with it. Entails in, in all that it entails. Hi, I've been drinking mimosas all morning. <clears throat> um, I'm Violet, in case you forgot. <laughs>
1: Um, and I'm joined by... I'm Maisie! I was doing an interpretive dance to all of Violet's opening monologue, but you couldn't (laughs) see it because this is an audio podcast. That's right. So, grab your mimosas and your coffees, (coughs) cheers your screen. We're 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 recording
0: on a Saturday morning, which is fun. It feels like a little party, like a pool party, but instead of, like, being halfway dressed in the sun, burning our pale skin alive... We're in the... Like comfort. halfway dressed on our couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, thank you for joining us last week. I know the movies weren't um, great. Uh, I can promise you, though, that the picks this week were a cut above the rest. If you don't think so, everyone's entitled to your own opinion, even if it blows. Um, so Maisie did you watch any new TV
1: shows movies did you get to the pictures Uh, I didn't get to the pictures but we binged all of the last season of Orange is the New Black I'm very close I just got to the Lorna episode oh rip Love. my heart out yeah. I think there's maybe been two episodes where I didn't cry yeah
0: oh my god
1: same I uh, think I've cried in everyone really did you finish it Mhm. Okay. I've heard not so great things. But It's it, it's an Im- like it's an impossible show to completely tie up. Yeah. Cuz you have all so many characters, so many storylines, people are in, people are out 100%. I, th- I think it was tied up really nicely and some cycles repeat themselves mm-hmm. and that's part of life. Yeah. So I'm already I really kind of catching it. that in this season, but I will say
0: that I feel like I don't watch this show. Now, this is kind of a hot take, I guess. Is this this week's hot take? I don't know. Um, I don't really watch that show for story. I watch it for the performances. True. That's like, not a hot take at all.
1: Everyone in that cast is so incredible.
0: Yeah, like 100%. I I cry so much because the actresses and actors, like I love the guy that plays Joe Caputo, I love that they're bringing in, like, very current hot topics, especially, I think what's getting me, and this is kind of a spoiler for Orange is New Black if you didn't finish last season, um, that there's a lot of involvement with ICE this season, and of course there were six hundred six hundred and eighty 680 people detained in Mississippi, um, over the week on the first day of school there, so I think I started really, like, getting into that part of the story, um, where, uh they're actually doing deportations
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it really hit me like it was that that shit always gets me though <laughs> um yeah but, <clears throat> but uh yeah i'm i'm with you i've been binging orange is the new black um i also got to see the new hellboy okay wow um i don't really know how to talk about that movie all I'm going to say, David Harbour is very great as Hellboy. It's, it's a ride. Okay. Yeah, it's wild. Um, <clears throat> but I think that's the only new thing I've seen lately. Yeah. It's been kind of a hectic week, so I. Oh, I showed my boyfriend Mad Max Fury Road. He hadn't seen it? No. Oh my god. It was wow yeah uh if you haven't seen mad max fury road do it because it's freaking amazing um yeah i love that movie (laughs) um there was a twitter thing and it was like what's the last movie you saw in theaters three times and i saw that one four times once in imax so i think that one has to be it
1: so that's got to count for something that's a great movie I agree no I've been working a lot and so that's when we I would come home and we would just watch Orange is the New Black and each episode of that is like an hour
0: yeah and truly draining
1: easy so yeah and truly draining so much so I'm like please just turn on Bob's Burgers so I can have a buffer before I go <laughs> sleep. so I can relax <laughs> yeah um yeah hey
0: editing Maisie I have to tell my boyfriend goodbye for work
1: goodbye. yeah go tell him goodbye okay, hold up Bye, Eric. Have a good day. She said, Bye, Eric. Have a good day. When I, I know when I edit it, I'll think, oh, this is a bunch of dead air. I know. <laughs> what is
0: this? Dead air. That would be a good name for a horror movie.
1: Dead air? I'm you sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's check it.
0: Out. So, there is a really good zombie movie called Pawnee Pool, and it's about a radio host, and uh, the zombie virus is spread through uh, speech and communication it's so good though hear me out hear me
1: out uh there's a 2009 thriller horror movie called dead air hmm. starring corbin Burnson. who's that uh <laughs> you know like, him if you saw him? don't I... Know. <laughs> no i know him as uh sean spencer's dad from psych
0: oh see i know of psych I know it exists.
1: Uh he's also on Law and Order. I don't know if you can see this if I put it to your screen. Ah, <laughs> like yes, yes. Every other old white guy. But
0: yeah. he's good. Looks like an old white dude. Can, can confirm.
1: You, can you not right now? He looks like you'd go Is that Brian Cranston That's not Brian Cranston (laughs) There was
0: There was a movie Where I did that though And I was like No it's not Brian Cranston And then the movie Ended and it was I wish I remembered What that was
1: Oh Weird
0: Yeah Um Hmm Uh I'm just trying to think I I think I watched a movie Almost every night This week Whoa Yeah Um Cause I've been trying to do this thing I get in this rigmarole where I work like 11 hours a day my job is emotionally draining um and then I come home I make dinner I clean the cat litter box and then I go to bed after like an episode of kitchen nightmares and I've been really trying to break that because uh Eric says that it makes me miserable which I think it does.
1: <laughs> it does, because then you're like, shit, I gotta wake up and do it all over again?" Yeah, and you don't add anything else in there that you like.
0: And lately, like, um, they've been having us work Fridays, which I know everyone's like, "Oh, poor baby, she gets a three day weekend sometimes." But, but I work like 11 hours a day, so by the time Friday comes around, I'm like, "Fuck this noise!" Like, I can't.
1: Throwing uh, punches. Um, I did go to the zoo,
0: a couple, I think, two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. It was... So I played hooky. Um, Don't play hooky from your job if you love it. I love it.
1: Play Um, hooky every once in a while.
0: Yeah, once in a while.
1: Uh, Don't let him on to you,
0: though. Yeah, no. I was like, oh, I'm sick. (laughs) But it was my idea to plan a date. And originally, I was going to take my boyfriend to the Bell Witch Cave. But I had such a miserable time the first time I went to the Bell Witch Cave that I was like, nah. I want to do something, like, surefire fun. So we went to the freaking zoo. Love it. And confirmed, it was a blast. <laughs> Who knew that looking at meerkats at 10 in the morning was such a delight, but it is.
1: <laughs> Love it. Looking at meerkats. Yeah.
0: Do you have a favorite movie that's like centered around animals that isn't
1: The Lion King? <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's a hard spring one, it. Right? You're springing it on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Lay it on me the first movie that came to mind is cats and dogs <laughs> oh, with jeff goldblum my god so fun story i was obsessed with that movie when i was a kid me and my brother would do this thing where whether we had a vhr or a dvd player or sometimes both we would keep the same movie in for like
0: months at a repeat. time
1: yeah yeah just on repeat and that's one of those That was on the surefire repeat list. He was a repeat offender. That pesky (laughs) Jeff Goldblum. But uh, fast forward to, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, as a grown-ass woman, I played it for... I like to leave the TV on for my dog when I leave. Yeah. And so I was just going to the grocery store. It wasn't going to be that long of a trip. So I put (coughs) on Cats and Dogs, and she's at full attention because Cats and Dogs are on the screen. Truly. But... I can tell she's getting anxious.
0: <laughs> oh, no. It's the Russian blue, isn't it? When he's like, from Russia with I, may- love.
1: Maybe. So I'm she like, sees I was cat mayhem. Yeah, I've meant to leave, and I'm standing behind the couch like on my way out, and I can't stop watching it, but she's freaking out. <laughs> so I just turned on the regular cable for. Her. So I love that movie, but my dog does not.
0: Confirmed cats and dogs is not dog approved. Maybe cat approved? No.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Cats don't care what you watch, I feel like, though.
0: Well, so my blessed baby, my sweet familiar, I don't talk about any other cat this way, even my current cat, but um, I had a 10-month-old kitten named Lydia, Mm -hmm. and I kid you not, she was in love with Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Not the new one. She, like, really couldn't care less. There was a lot going on. But, like, whenever I would put on the original show, she would literally jump up on top of my dresser, which is about, I'd say, four and a half feet tall. Like, it's a big dresser. Yeah. And she would jump on top and, like, sit at the screen and just stare at him. She was so in love with Salem. That was her boyfriend. And I know it's cheesy, but she was an all-black cat. It was adorable. I was... Anytime he would come on the screen, I'd go, Lydia, is that your boyfriend? And she would, like, run up. and. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. The only thing my current cat is in love with is food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's uh, something else. Um, uh, moral of the story is animals are good for you. I think my favorite animal-driven movie, I don't know if it counts, though. I'm just obsessed with it, even though the remake was disappointing. I really love Pet Cemetery.
1: oh but i I haven't seen the remake (sighs) okay i don't need to that's fine
0: i feel like i'm missing something like everyone i talked to loved it and thought it was terrifying but it's so intensely different and not even in like a okay here's my big beef with it right this isn't a spoiler alert majorly they showed in the trailers if you haven't seen the original anyways you know, in the original, the little boy gets hit by this truck, right? Mm-hmm. So, in the remake trailer, they kind of spill, they spill the beans that the little girl gets hit instead. And I was like, oh, interesting. I wish they wouldn't have put that in the fucking trailer because as yeah. a moviegoer, if I had seen that for the first time, I would have been stunned. But then I go and see the movie and they make you think that the little boy is going to get hit. And I was like, why would you even hype this up? Because I know what's coming. And sure enough, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Trailers are really kind of, I think, damaging to the movie community right now. That's why I liked Us so much is every trailer that got released was in essence like the same six scenes. Just spliced differently. And it left so much, like, I'm so over trailers. Yeah. (laughs) But I also can't stop watching them, so.
1: (sighs) (laughs) Love, hate. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, a trailer dropped from Three from Hell from Rob Zombie. Have to watch it. Shouldn't, (laughs) but I'm gonna. But yeah. Um, The New Pet Cemetery is like nothing to write home about in my opinion, but. Okay, I'll just
1: watch the old one again.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. It's bad too, but I love it. (laughs) I'll be honest though, the reason I love that movie is Church, the cat. He's so dang yeah. cute. <laughs> I have confirmed, though, that like my next cat is going to be a Russian blue and no lie. There have been four Russian blue uh, adoptable pets where my boyfriend works. And I was just like,
1: I need to take you home. <laughs> take it. But um. anyway, all the Russian blues. Um.
0: Yes. Sorry for catting out on everybody.
1: No, I loved it. Tied into a movie is very nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what we're here for.
1: Um, Tied in.
0: So so last week uh, we talked about our embarrassing school memories um, because I had watched 8th grade. And I don't want to do this every week, but I thought, hey, it would be kind of challenging. Plot twist, it actually really was. (laughs) Um, To, oh, I'm doing the picks now. This is not the time. We I can kind of. we can roll with it. Okay. Do you want to announce the picks now?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Let's roll from this into your first movie. Okay. I think
0: that's where my brain was going, but then I started thinking about how hard it was. Anyways, um, yeah, this movie actually would have done great for next week's episode, but um, as you all know, I picked 2008's Doubt. Uh, starring Meryl Streep, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, uh, Viola Davis.
1: Oh, my God. She didn't get enough screen time. God. She literally had two scenes. Two And I was terrified scenes. and yeah. mad.
0: I was, like, crying the whole time. Um, so the synopsis of this movie, I'm going to read IMDb's synopsis and then go over, like, all the scores and everything. Um, a Catholic school principal questions a priest's ambiguous relationship with a troubled young student. That's really all you need to freaking know. Um, <clears throat> however, this movie scored a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 68% on Metacritic, which, does anyone really go to Metacritic? I don't know, maybe. Um, let's see. There was something, I'm pretty sure it was up for an Oscar or won an Oscar, so I wanted to find that. Um, really quick, it did uh, 13,000 more dollars at the, or 13 million more dollars, sorry, at the box office than it intended. Um, <laughs> let's see, trivia, quote, soundtracks. This movie don't win anything? I feel like it did. I thought so too. It's PG-13 which wow. I think is important but mind-blowing to me um whoops. awards um so it did not win an Oscar it won a Critics' Choice Award for Best, uh, Meryl Streep won for Best Actress um, as well as Best Actress again at Screen Actors Guild the SAGS um, yeah, and that's it, believe it or not wow Maisie, what the hell did you think about Doubt?
1: So, I was talking to uh, my boss, and we were talking about... I don't remember if we were talking about Meryl Streep or Amy Adams, but I was like, "I, boy, howdy, I got a movie for you. I was like, watch this movie, tell me what you think. And so it was a couple days later, and she was like, I forgot what that movie was you wanted me to watch. What was it? And I was like, it's Doubt, it's on Netflix, Meryl Streep, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, go. And so I asked her what she thought of it yesterday, and she said she loved it. So, I, I don't know. I had a lot of emotions going through this movie, and I feel like even though you could say that it moved kind of slow, I was paying attention the whole time.
0: I will say that is something to kind of give to it, is literally nothing happens in this movie.
1: I mean, like yeah, There's no like crazy explosions. There's no like, there's no big funny one-liners. Scene. No. Yeah. Like,
0: it's literally it's all dialogue, uh, very dialogue-heavy, um, and like the biggest thing that happens is you see uh, the priest played by Philip Seymour Hoffman put a T-shirt in a little boy's locker. That is the biggest, in my opinion, like as far as like maybe not even dramatic moment, but like. I just remember being like, I'm so enamored by this movie, but I don't know why, because nothing is going on. Right. Um, It is, it starts out, I mean, it's hard to even explain the plot of this movie, because it starts out with, Amy Adams plays this really unique character, who you can tell is kind of uh, new to the nunnery, the Catholic institution. Yeah. Um, And she is just kind of getting her footing but she's very she's got that i call it like new christian vibe you know when you like find a part of yourself that you didn't know was there so you kind of obsess over it and you're very like adamant about it Mm -hmm. um that's kind of where she's at um and this priest played by philip seymour hoffman has been very good with the students apparently um and but he's more progressive Uh, he's got some ideas that not everyone jives with. His, um, sermons are a little kind of out there. There always seems to be a deeper meaning to them. Uh, and then you have Meryl Streep, who is cut and dried by the book. 100%. This is my religion. This is how I was raised. This is how it needs to be. Um, to the level where, and this is kind of jumping actually to the middle of the movie. Um, where they're discussing a Christmas program and, uh, some, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is like, why don't we sing Frosty the Snowman? Or it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And Meryl Shroop is like, fuck no. Frosty the Snowman promotes like witchcraft. (laughs) Um, so that kind of gives you a good headspace about these three characters. Um, however, Uh, this Catholic institution has their first African American student, um, who isn't troubled, but because of the time and the era, you can tell that their biggest fear is that he's going to get into a fight. It was 1964. 1964. Thank you. Look at your notes. I know. I'll do better next time. I actually, I was telling Maisie before the podcast, uh, I didn't take any notes because I liked how her vibe was
1: last episode. (laughs) I hated my vibe last really? episode. I, like when I was talking about my movie, and... I would just go rambling on and on. And I was like, I was listening back to it and I was like, none of this. I loved it.
0: It jived.
1: It jibed. Plus, like, all of
0: my notes are like, hey, just to let you know, I love Nicole Kidman. Like,
1: so I was like, all dear right, diary. Bye. I dear love diary, Nicole Kidman.
0: <laughs> which I have such a funny thing. The only note I actually took, I took one single note and then put it away. Is <laughs> was on your movie. But we'll get into that in a minute. Um, so anyways, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, you get kind of this, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I'm not going to go play by play. Just because it's pretty cut and dry. You know 100% what the movie's about. There's no twists or turns. I mean, at all. Mm, yeah. It's just. A, well, kind a, of. I get the very, would Would you say the very, very end is a twist? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was heavy and I didn't expect it to be heavy, but it really hurt my heart. Um which is odd. I should also note I'm a cutthroat atheist. <laughs> um mm-hmm. but so I thought this movie was kinda interesting for me to pick in general. Um but I love Amy Adams. This is the point where all my notes would have been about how much I love Amy Adams. Right. So, so, so intensely. I've seen her play such a wide variety of characters that it makes me really upset that she hasn't done more. You know? I don't know. She's done a lot, but. Yeah. I just. I feel like she gets typecast. She could be everywhere. She really could. <laughs> and of course, Meryl Streep and Rest His Soul, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays the best. I can't even call him a
1: villain. Yeah, he's like a. Um, God. Just like a progressive Catholic priest. Catholic priest. But, yeah. Um, so
0: the drive of the movie really kicks off when Amy Adams, uh, sends this, or the, uh, African American student gets called to the office, to Philip Seymour Hoffman's office, uh, to discuss something. There's no... If and or why. But he comes back into the classroom. He looks a little dazed. Confused. Almost mortified. He puts his head down on his desk. And just looks drained and exhausted. Um, Amy Adams also specifies later in the movie that uh, his breath was smelling of wine or alcohol. And Mm -hmm. that he was given it. She brings this to Meryl Streep's attention. Who immediately, immediately calls the priest on his shit in essence and she's like you're a pedophile pretty point yeah. blank she's like so they have this meeting about uh, the Christmas play and um, she kind of says I don't want this boy being in the spotlight the African American child um, but I don't want him being in the background either and Philip Seymour Hoffman's like why because he's black and he's like is this really why you took me down here or do you have something else to talk to me about and Meryl Streep's like I have something else to you to talk to you about so they kind of pressure Philip Seymour Hoffman about um what happened in that meeting solo with that student he in essence tells them that the little boy was caught drinking altar wine and that he's going to be booted out of the altar boys if he gets caught and Amy Adams is like, oh, shit, yeah, obviously. <laughs> That's definitely what happened. <laughs> Everything's fine. Because she's, mm-hmm. I think she kind of. She shuts it down. Yeah, she's never seen a strong person in the church falter. And so to have that idea kind of falters with her own ideals.
1: Um, but she I does... also think she's mev- never seen a nun question a priest like that. Yeah, Meryl Streep is cutthroat. Meryl Streep God, is my worst of... enemy
0: In real life, but in this movie, she's a beast.
1: I'll go over all of my notes when you're done. But I have two about her specifically. Mm -hmm. And so the first scene we see, uh, Meryl Streep, is back in the opening scene where you're in the congregation as the priest is talking. And um, there's, like, kids whispering and stuff. And this woman is just going around the perimeter of the pews. And she's, like, swatting hands. (laughs) And so I just wrote Respectfully Scared of Nuns. And then it she, like, puts up her, uh, I don't know what the correct term is for, but she puts up her head, and you can see, like, her hood kind of falls back, and you can see that it's her. And so I put Respectfully Scared of Meryl Streep. And then I put Equally Respectfully Scared of Meryl, or Sister Aloysius, which is her character. So she's very terrifying this in this movie, but in the best way And then the scene that Violet is talking about when they're kind of confronting the priest, I put Meryl Streep loves Crusades. Because she really, and she's she's just going for it.
0: Absolutely. And I think this was after um, Amy Adams witnesses Philip Seymour Hoffman putting a a white t-shirt into that boy's locker. Um, Also, I should know, he has like little dinners with, the boys um and in the scenes that they show everything seems very innocent um but there is kind of a they're talking about asking girls to dance and he's Mm -hmm. like it's not okay if a girl doesn't want to dance and you force her to like you can't do that which is this movie has such an odd dynamic because like i said nothing major happens there is no big courtroom scene there is no i mean it's it's very you can tell this takes place in like a week
1: too yeah it's all just kind of hearsay yeah um
0: but uh and i i don't know we do a little bit of spoiler talk so um i think after so after the i'll call it an interrogation philip seymour hoffman is in essence like you have nothing on me i don't know what your problem is you need to calm the fuck down and Meryl mm-hmm. is like fine go on so that is when she calls upon the boy's mother played by Viola Davis who is a national treasure um, Nicolas Cage you were looking for the Declaration of Independence but you should have been looking for Viola Davis cause wow <laughs> <laughs> She is literally in two scenes, and I'm going to count them as two scenes because they take place in two settings: in Meryl Streep's office, and yeah. Meryl Streep walks her to work. Um, but in the scene, you find out some of the biggest plot and character development points um, as far as the little boy's family dynamic goes. Um, Johnny, is that his name, Johnny? Donnie. Oh, okay, okay, with the D. Donny okay. with a D. With a yeah. D. Um. She kind of admits that um, they're just kind of, they want him in the school so he can get into a good high school because in that time period, it's not really common uh, for kids of his race, to be blunt, uh, to get into good schools or schools at all. So the fact that he is in this Catholic institution is kind of bewildering to everyone, period. And so Meryl Streep, spoiler alert from here on out. Um, if you want to watch this movie, spoiler free, um, please skip <laughs> until you hear us talk about the next movie um, or what we rate it. <clears throat> Probably a couple minutes. In fact, uh, at least three minutes. So Viola Davis or Meryl Streep kind of cuts point cuts point, and she's like, look, I think the priest is molesting your son. She doesn't outright say it, but she says it in every other way imaginable. And Literally every other way. Poor Viola Davis is like, I don't care. I don't care what he has to go through to get into a good high school. I don't give a shit. Because if something happens or if his father hears that he is being molested, he will kill this boy. His father will murder him. 100%. She's like, so I could And
1: she said said that verbatim. She's like, he will kill him.
0: Yeah. She's pretty much like, he's abusive. He's a piece of shit. I'm just trying to get my son... Into a good school. Yeah. And so Meryl Streep is like devastated because she's like, I just want to help your boy. Like, I don't want to see him go through this. And she's like, I don't care. And it's really like, it sounds cold, but it's one of the most heartbreaking scenes I've ever seen. Truly. Just because this mother is trying to do everything she knows is best for her kid and she's putting him in a potentially kind of damaging situation. Um, <clears throat> so fast forward to uh Meryl Streep changing a light bulb (laughs) and Philip Seymour Hoffman busts in there because he sees her talking to Viola Davis in the office and knows 100% whose mother that is so he's like why did you have her in here why did you have her in here and she's kind of like because I wanted to know what his home life was like and what's going on and if he's acting normally and Philip Seymour Hoffman is like you can't do that and he gets really upset and she's like, look, I'm gonna lay it on you right now. I called your last three uh, schools in essence that he's pastored at or taught at and she's like, and I talked to a nun and he's like, what's the nun's name? He gets like really panicky. Not abnormally panicky, but you can tell he's almost trying not to overreact to this news. Yeah. And she's like, I know why you were kicked out of your last institution and he's like you don't have shit on me you don't know anything blah 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 like essentially calls her bullshit calls calls her out and she's like nope I know it's true I know why you did it and I know why you're here and that's all there is
1: to it so he quits she's like you are not America's next top model please pack your bags
0: (laughs) hands another pastor the photo (laughs) yeah but he does this there are a couple sermons he does on like gossip too that like Meryl Streep is spreading gossip about his pedophilia and all this jazz but this last one that he does he's just kind of like I'm just saying goodbye to everybody adios I'm out so in this Span. I'll talk about I'll talk about the end of the movie because we are running out on time for this film. Um, he uh, he leaves, and Amy Adams has been visiting her sick brother. She comes back, and she's like, "I heard the pastor quit." That's wild, and she's like, eh, not really." <laughs> Meryl Streep's like, "Nah, it's good," <laughs> and she was like, she essentially asked Meryl Streep about how. Um, she got him out of the church because she assumed she's like I know you did it like I know you're the cause of it why and so she said I told him that I called a nun about his last church and I know what he did and Amy Adams was like oh my god really and she's like no I didn't call I just told him I did so she's like you lied like you lied in the eyes of god and she's like in the abbey, in the church yeah and there's this big thing throughout the movie that you have to fall further from god to get to the truth right something like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you're trying to find something out um and amy adams is like how could you do that and she's like because i knew it would prove his innocence in a- in essence if he had stayed at that church i mean like you have literally nothing on me i don't give a shit he would have stayed but because she was like, I called a nun, I know shit, and he panicked and fled. Yeah. Kind of proving his own guilt. However, and this is the highlight of the movie, it's the literal last line of the movie. Meryl Streep asks if she can confess something to Amy Adams. And she's like, of course, absolutely, whatever you need. And Meryl Streep gets overwhelmed with emotion. It admits that she's having doubt.
1: And then that that like pans out, and they're just sitting in an open garden when it's snowing, and that's it. Movie ends, which is wild. I have goosebumps. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Um. So one of the the opening sermon that the priest is talking about, he's doing his you know sermon or whatever, and he says a quote. He says. Doubt can be a bond as powerful and sustaining as certainty. Which I think is so crazy that they opened with that, and then that's essentially what they ended on. Truly. That's essentially what her her last line is saying.
0: Yeah. I mean, the last line spoken in the movie is Meryl Streep going, I have doubt. like, Which is yeah. wild. It's, yeah.
1: Because through the whole movie, I, okay, I'm going to skip around in my notes here, but there the scene where uh Amy Adams comes to Meryl Streep's character and is like, Look, I feel like something's going on with the boy but Amy Adams, it, Amy's character is very like she's shaky, she's scared, she doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. She's she's concerned for Donnie, but she is very worried to even bring it up type of thing. Yeah. And so they see I, I don't know if she's like the landscape lady or maintenance worker coming through and she's holding a cat and Meryl's like what's happening here and she's like we have mice and so yeah the face you're making is exactly right and so she kind of goes off uh, off screen or whatever and Amy and Meryl are talking about what they're going to do in the situation and uh, Meryl is kind of like looking like she's thinking she's upset but she doesn't really know what to do yet and then the maintenance lady comes in with the cat, and she's like, got the mouse, just takes the cat. And then she goes off the screen, and Meryl's like, takes the cat. And then that's when they start making up the plan to talk about the Christmas play and get him in the office and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool how they did that. Um, in the confrontation scene, they did a camera tilt, which is apparently big when it comes to movies and visuals. It helps, like like a distress. Oh, like I tilted, I tilted the laptop so Violet can see me tilted and it's like
0: (laughs) distressed. That's really interesting Um, that you picked up on that too. Cause honestly, I don't know. I was stone cold sober while watching this movie, but I didn't even like, I guess, pick up on those little connotations. I was so like, just into the script, I guess, but that's that's really interesting about the tilt.
1: Yeah, it was creepy. Um, In the very beginning, you see, it's before the sermon, you see the altar boys, like, getting ready, and Donnie is one of them, and then there's another little boy helping, or, like, getting ready as well, and he comes in, and he looks at Donnie, and he says, am I fat? And I was like, what's happening here? And now I know it's because Donnie was getting more attention than that other little boy from the priest. Wow. Which, how scary is that?
0: That's mind-blowing, too, because, like, God, it makes me want to watch it again, which, it's not a, like, a fun movie. I'm not like, no, no, this is a party animal movie.
1: It's like an hour and 45 minutes of bummer, but it's really
0: interesting (laughs) and really
1: well put together and really well done. That's
0: very well crafted, because, and I'm usually the type of person to pick up on that stuff, but I was just, it didn't, and maybe that was kind of the, I guess, overall vibe of the movie, is that. How do I put this without sounding super corny? I guess it's just going to sound corny. When I watch a movie, I put myself in the movie. Not like yeah. as, you know, but like I, I really I do. I want to be in it. Yeah. I really do kind of put myself there and I feel what the characters feel. And I don't know why I kind of immediately clung to Amy Adams. It's probably just because I love Amy Adams. But, and right. her like kind of, is is naivety a word? <laughs> her Naivety? Yeah, like I, no, her, kidding. just like kind of ignorance to something. I say ignorance, but she really was the one that caught it.
1: I don't think it's well. Yeah, and it's I don't think it's ignorance. I think it's uh, the very classic like religious. This is happening. I don't know what to deal with it. We're just gonna push it down and pretend it's yeah. all okay. Which and that's that's what the priest said, and that's fine. I believe that side. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, I think it's which that like A man film. of
0: God would never lie to me, which is yeah. I. So I really gravitated to this movie because of the cast, but um, because I'm a big fan of Spotlight. Have you ever seen Spotlight? Mm-mm. Oh, damn! Mark Ruffalo, uh, Rachel McAdams, Michael I'm there. um Yeah, it's fucking amazing, and it's about this underground newspaper uh that essentially discovers this like child pedophilia ring in the catholic church
1: it is
0: your face it's based on 100 fact it is so so good it was up for a bunch of awards please 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 if you ever get the chance to watch spotlight watch these two back to back and you can just be bummed out double (laughs) yeah please watch spotlight i can't i can't talk enough good about that movie um, but that's what kind of drew me to this, because Spotlight kind of sparked my interest in, not interest, but as as you guys may or may not know, we also do a true crime podcast uh, called Murder Blows. What up? Um, <laughs> but, uh, and I think Cody did, they did a case on, um. God. Epstein. Uh, but, Jeffrey? but no, there was a, there was a Catholic church. No, there was a, a preschool thing. and A
1: McMartin like, preschool.
0: Yeah, I was watching something the other day, and they talked about that. Yeah. They were like, oh, well, look what happened at McMartin preschool. I can't remember what it was, though.
1: What do you mean? What happened at the preschool? Well, no, no, no,
0: I definitely remember that. But I was watching a movie, and they talked about that a lot. Oh. Anyways, uh, not important, sorry. Interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, and I watched The Keepers on Netflix. Um, which is also about that, uh, child pedophilia oh. ring in that area. Woof. So, um, this movie kind of just came as like a, all bundled together with that. So, but would you recommend this movie? Well, you already recommended this movie to people. I already did.
1: Yeah. That's a yes.
0: I haven't, but I would. 100%. The cast is would... phenomenal. Philip Seymour Hoffman, really amazing. I have to get yeah. up to him as well.
1: Him and his crack nails. Whoo! Oh, his long yeah.
0: fingernails.
1: Yeah, there's, uh, like, two different times in the movie he talks about his fingernails, and he yeah. says, I like them a little long. And I don't know what that's that was about. the
0: only creepy thing in the movie to me. Nothing struck oh. me as creepy about him, except when he's like, oh, I just keep them long. I'm like, you're a fucking serial killer.
1: <laughs> uh, the nails was creepy, and then you talked about the all the little boys, like, at a table. It it looks like, like a living room yeah. space. Almost, or like a dining room, but... There's a scene before that where it's a bunch of priests mm. at that table, and they're all talking about like, yeah, like and whatever, and they're all smoking and drinking, and which is
0: I meant to talk about upset. that too because there's that, and then you get a stark comparison of the nuns at their silent dinner table. Oh yeah, that's it. Anyways, ten out. I, I would say easily nine to ten out of ten out of ten. It's great. Yeah, yeah. it's not a fun movie if you're in a great mood. Don't bum yourself out, All unless right. you just like good cinema.
1: Then maybe it if won't bum you out. If you're ready to uh, back up Meryl, uh, yeah. <laughs> My coworker was like, "I want to watch anything with Meryl Streep in it." I was like, "Here you go." <laughs> Here you go.
0: Have the frick at it. All right, Take Maisie. This one. So we would recommend it. It's a great movie. Yes. Now it's time to get on to
1: a little, a little lighter,
0: a little, little ditty.
1: <laughs> a little ditty called "The First Wife's Club." The 1996, I think it's under a drama comedy. Mm-hmm. Under Hulu. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I could pull it up. It is on Hulu. You know Hulu. what? I could pull it up. I've got... I had a great time with this movie.
0: Damn, me freaking do! How much fun is this movie?
1: So much fun. Okay, let's...
0: I do have to give you crap right off the bat, though. Not crap, R&D. but... You sly dog, picking another stalker chanting. I know. Look at her, 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 her
1: little face. Everybody's favorite aunt. Oh man. All right, so the synopsis is reunited by the death of a college friend. Three divorced women seek revenge on the husbands who left them for younger women. Ugh. Nineteen ninety-six New York baby. So, First Wives Club is available on Hulu. Uh, you know what? I don't even care what it's rated because it gets 10 stars, 5, 6.3 <laughs> out of 10 from IMDb. You can go suck a big one because it's 10 out of 10 for me. I know. Me. And
0: Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 49.
1: They're wrong. Um, guess what, Rotten Tomatoes? You've done it wrong again. <laughs> <sighs> I'm offended. Uh, it's available on Hulu. I've said that for the third time. Uh, starring Bette Midler, who plays Brenda. Goldie Hawn plays Elise. And Diane Keaton plays Annie. But that is Dr. just Chaining. the
0: tip of the iceberg. That's just the tip.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I'm twelve.
0: <laughs> so are all the wives that the dudes date in this movie. No, I'm just kidding. That's just they story.
1: say that four times. Yeah, it's the best. One hundred percent.
0: Like she's twelve.
1: <laughs> Everyone is so dramatic in the best way. Oh yeah. I'm trying to find. Uh, what's her name? I just want to know her character. Who? Stalker Channing's Cynthia. character is Cynthia. Yeah. But like Swanson or something? It just says swan and then it cuts off.
0: Um, this says uh, Cynthia Swan
1: Griffin. Great. Rolls right off the tongue. Um, so we also have Sarah Jessica Parker, Maggie Smith. Ugh,
0: Ugh. Freaking Professor McGonagall is in this movie. Everybody. Uh, Riddick
1: uh steven collins he can rot in jail for all i'm concerned and ivana trump makes an appearance i so thought that fun. was her
0: but i, didn't I know
1: did it. not know until i saw the credits i was like <laughs> oh god <laughs>
0: um marcia gay harden is in it though as the therapist yes who is incredible she was in the mist she's been in everything is Stephen Collins the guy now someone yep. told me this seventh heaven and I'll and never he's forget a it okay yeah they the way they described him to me they were like you know that guy he was in seventh heaven he has to introduce himself to the neighbors now <laughs> and I've never him and the dad in beetlejuice or the principal in Ferris Bueller I've never been able to look at either one of them the same after she said yeah he's got to introduce himself to the neighbors now like,
1: so casually. <laughs> I, my mouth has been open this whole time because I love that. <laughs> okay. You're fucking creep. That's what you have to do is introduce yourself to the neighbors. That's the least you can do. Yes. Yeah, you scum. Yeah. Stephen Collins.
0: Ugh. Hot take. Seventh Heaven isn't even that good.
1: Uh, we all watched Seventh Heaven for Jessica. Beal. I almost said Alba. <laughs> yes.
0: I mean, I like Jessica Alba fine she was in sin city she's been in like two good movies but she wasn't in seventh heaven (laughs) no jessica peel is great though
1: um and and happy the dog
0: yeah true true um so lay the first wives club down on me because this movie was so much fucking fun i had an
1: absolute blast watching this movie what
0: a contrast
1: love it i know i was i think i watched him in like a 48 hour span i was like this was a I'm glad I watched out first. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Uh, So the opening song is... uh, not. I'm not going to use the word triggering, but it very much will make your ears perk up if you're a woman in 2019. Because it's like, get ready for your husband, make sure the house is clean while he's gone at work, but it's all like, you know, kind of like lounge (laughs) sing-songy. And it's called Get Ready for Love. (laughs) And I was like, fuck This. (laughs)
0: this. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear Scout, which is my boyfriend's um big ass German Shepherd black lab mix, but he just went oh.
1: <laughs> he
0: he started talking it. about that. He was like, Ugh, female don't oppression.
1: Even... <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Scout, for being on our side. Um, so I believe the opening scene is the four women, uh Brenda, Elise, Annie, and what do we say? Cynthia are all like they graduated college. It looks like they have robes on and yes. one of them, I believe it's Cynthia uh, gifts, everybody pearls. Pearl necklaces. And so, yep. They all get pearl necklaces and they're like BFFs forever and ever. And it's really cute. And then the next scene is uh, our favorite aunt, Stalker Channing, <laughs> AKA Cynthia being upset in her mansion. And, She's drinking, and she's obviously been crying. Her mascara's running. Like a queen. Like a (laughs) goddamn queen. We're not sure what's going on with her. I'm just like, tell me about your life. It's going to be okay. (laughs) And uh, she grabs her pearl necklace. She is in this, like, long silk robe. She goes out to her her terrace.
0: Doesn't she try to give the pearl necklace to the maid?
1: Oh, she gives the... And I think she does give it to the maid. I
0: think she's like, you need... And she's like, no, 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 no. I, I couldn't. I absolutely couldn't. I know how much this means to you. And she's yeah. like, please, just take it.
1: Yeah. And then she goes out on the terrace, and the... I don't remember what the next scene is, but we are led to believe that she commits she suicide. Jumped. Yeah. She jumped. Um. Oh, we see all the other women grown up, and they see it on the news. Oh. That's okay. what it is.
0: Yeah.
1: So, uh, <laughs> my notes for this movie were so much less particular and so much like funny quotes because there was a lot less serious things going on Well, for the most part. This is what's odd about this movie is
0: there's so many heavy overtones and undertones, yeah. but it is put in such a fun... I, I don't want to say fun, but... I don't know it's just it's fun yeah but it feels real like not like yeah. not like I feel like some dramas are like so intense and so dramatized and it's like and a big pet peeve I have with comedies that try and insert drama into it is sometimes it's like oh, a la, little la, la, dick and fart joke oh, la, 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 la. also cancer right not all movies obviously, but so I like movies that have like this healthy dark comedy balance and I think this movie does that yeah. really well because yeah. it deals with suicide, addiction, um feminism is a big if you don't like feminism, skip it. Also, I'm subscribed right. to this podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> skip it too. Um so I think I'm just going to do like a brief description of everyone's storylines because you have three different women coming together and then just kind of moshing together. Yeah. So Bette Midler plays plays Brenda. Um, she has a teenage son. She was married to this guy, Morty, I think was his name. He's a big like a appliance, secondhand appliance seller or something like that. And uh, basically, Morty has left Brenda for a younger woman. So uh, Sarah Jessica she's... Parker. For Sarah Jessica Parker, yeah so um, you know she's angry rightfully so she's raising a teenage son she's getting ready for his bar mitzvah she's just trying to live her best life with some of Morty's money great uh, Goldie Hahn plays Elise oh.
0: uh, sorry <laughs> just, there are my notes I fucking love Goldie Hahn.
1: Goldie Hawn was so good I, uh, I like
0: Goldie Hawn and I think she's a Republican <laughs> now? I think her and Kurt Russell are like big Trump supporters.
1: Honeys. I know,
0: but also sure. I,
1: I, I don't know. So, but well, we'll get back to that.
0: Anyway. <laughs> I
1: digress. But that's just uh, saying how much I love Goldie Hawn. <laughs> yeah. Um Goldie Hawn plays Elise. Uh, Elise has been in movies for years and years and years. She's this, this big movie star. The first scene we see with her by herself, she's in the chair at the doctor, and she was like, Get my lips bigger. I want bigger lips. And he's like, If you have bigger lips, you're gonna look ridiculous. She was like, I don't care, do it. She's and they're like, already like she's got them pretty big already for the Oh yeah. She's movie. like, Have you
0: ever heard of Trisha Paytas?
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait wait a few years and see how big they really get. Yeah. Um Wild So enough. she's she's just like she's a firecracker, she's not taking shit from anyone, she's a big movie star, she's got the money, uh, she it seems like that she got her husband the job that he has now, which is, like, a big movie producer. Yeah. And she helped him with all this stuff. Anything that has his name on it, she created. So she's the breadwinner. He's bitter. Uh, but? But, oh, okay, yeah. So what's that girl's name from Saved by the Bell? I only remember that, her
0: character name.
1: But... Is that too obscure? She played Jesse on Saved by the Bell. but Elizabeth she, Berkeley Elizabeth Berkeley
0: plays Phoebe uh,
1: Lavelle. Phoebe Lavelle, that's it. So, uh, Elise has this movie that's coming out, and uh, her husband is producing it. And turns out he's sleeping with Jesse from Saved by the Bell, aka Phoebe, whatever. <laughs> yeah, she's the younger one in this story. She's um, the younger woman, the 12 year old. Literally, we'll get to that later uh so then diane keaton's character is annie and annie has a daughter um her husband is played by stephen collins who can rot but i (laughs) think his character is supposed to be like uh, i don't know but he goes to therapy a lot and it's almost like he has some type of mental illness not saying that that's bad or anything but the the storyline is like he has to have things a certain way
0: yeah
1: or he like freaks out yeah um um so go ahead yeah go ahead i was gonna
0: say while we're on the subject of uh annie and her family um the daughter comes out within two minutes of her first show and it's fucking fire it's so good and, and her little <laughs> subplot is the coolest so i was like this is the best part of this movie like that's so because it's odd it's not like a big like mom and for 96
1: yeah and it, and they're like in the kitchen she's like i'm gay and she's like okay she, she's like oh do you have boy
0: trouble she's like well no because i'm a lesbian she's like oh well all right and that's it
1: yeah <laughs> and then she's, she's like, like, "I'm, I'm... still so bad." She's like, "Can you just not right now?" I'm just like, "Wait a second Yeah. She's like, "Don't <laughs> worry,
0: I'm gonna do it on like Christmas or something to really traumatize him." And Diane Keaton's like, "Yeah, yeah, great, <laughs> <laughs> great. I support you. I love you. You're beautiful.
1: Support yeah. you." Um, so Annie, played by Diane Keaton, and her husband, um, I think Aaron is his name in yeah. the movie. They're just having marital troubles and they're separated, and they're both going to therapy separately. Uh, played oh, by Marsha yeah. Gay
0: Harden.
1: Yes, played by Marsha Gay Harden. They're going therapy separately and together. Anyway. Yes. Um, so, soccer Channing. Uh, I just can't get over the slide. It's not We're not to that point in the movie yet, but Diane, Diane Keaton is basically going in. We'll get to that. I don't want to mess it up. Uh, how do they all get together? Okay, so uh, so they go to the funeral. They go to the funeral and they all see each other and they kind of like they haven't seen each other in years. Ugh, but Elise
0: doesn't remember Brenda.
1: Elise doesn't remember Brenda, or and Annie, she's like
0: technically, but
1: yeah, she doesn't recognize either one of them. And they're like, oh, we definitely recognize you. Yeah. <laughs> like you look the though... same. Yeah. <laughs> and Elise so they is go like, to
0: exercise, 10. drink cucumber water. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yoga lots of Pilates Yeah, jazzercise whatever happened in 96 but uh, so they go to dinner they go to grab a drink and they're closing the place out uh, they're cracking up having a good old time Annie comes out talking about how her and Aaron are separated and they're all like no. okay we yeah at, fir- at first
0: At 1st they're like oh my husband's a POS and Brenda's like oh so is mine he's dating a 12 year old and Lisa's like yeah me too and Annie's like actually my life is great everything's fine we're just temporarily separated we're going through but we're getting into therapy everything's fine
1: yeah and they're getting like to
0: cover that everything's okay sorry hit my microphone no that's annie stop
1: annie quit lying to yourself (laughs) um so after that it seems like they all kind of stay in touch uh the next thing i remember is annie going to Aaron's house her husband's and they like went on a date and it was really romantic they had a good time yes so she was cooking and...
0: dinner for her family and she gets a phone call and aaron's like let's go have dinner and then that's aaron's right. like
1: how do i they they boned <laughs> there
0: we go i just like slapped my hands together i know it, i was like, like no don't that's that not thing. the appropriate
1: response <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they have dinner They have a great night They wake up together or whatever and They Annie's tell getting each other right... they love each other Love each other And they're like want to fix it And Aaron's like I want to fix it No he says I want a divorce
0: So yeah at first he's like I know Oh my god everything's so wonderful You're amazing you're so beautiful I want a divorce
1: Yeah and she's like I, 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 My Valentino back Literally <laughs> <laughs> what what what, what? And then <laughs> and then she goes to open the door. I don't think she's made it to the door yet. Anyway, the therapist comes to the door. She's like, hey, babe. And then she turns around. And she's like, oh, this isn't good.
0: Yeah, she's literally like, oh, this is uncomfortable. And I'm like, you're a therapist, lady. Like,
1: <laughs> Well, and then Annie gets mad. And she's like, she needs to work through. This. She needs to be angry. We need to let her process this. <laughs> so if you're not catching on, Aaron has been sleeping with a therapist that him and Annie have been staying together and separately. The whole freaking time! The whole time! Also, what? You, like, as a therapist, why do you go in dating one of your patients? I can't. Whatever. This is not what she we're here for. therapy. Um, we need therapy. Probably. I'm signing everybody up for therapy.
0: Do you really love yourself if you're sleeping with a married man?
1: Or a patient?
0: Heavier topic for another day. Um, hey. <laughs> Uh, so... so that tips the iceberg. Uh huh. Oh, also uh, during this time, Elise goes to a divorce settlement court uh, thing with her husband, played by that guy that's in everything, Victor Garber, um, uh-huh. who plays Bill, and he kind of sweeps one under her, or so he thinks. Um, and he's like, "You have to sell all of our assets, and and I get half. Split the profits with me." Mm-hmm. sell everything. Everything we own together and split it with me. And mm-hmm. Elise is like, um, no. This is ridiculous. Storm's out. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. I think Morty's just being Morty. Being Morty's like,
1: just fucking around it.
0: Mattress salesman with Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh! And, and Sarah Jessica Parker calls Brenda fat. Yeah. In I don't her, her own store. Like... Oh, I could never forget. It, I no, think no, that was no. the tipping... Because I think uh, Brenda, like, works in this, like, women's clothing store along with, um, ah, oh, fucking the, god, the guy from Risky Business. Um, Bronson Pinchot, who plays Duarto Feliz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's an interior decorator. He's awful. She helps him out sometimes. Um, But right. they're in this women's clothing store and Morty sees her. They're kind of, like, spatting. Because Brenda has no problem telling him what's on her mind, which I love her for. Yeah. Uh, and Sarah Jessica Parker is like, oh, uh, Brenda says something about how, like, they don't have a kid's section, and she's like, well, at least I can fit into clothes in this size and not yours. She essentially yeah. calls her fat.
1: Right. Tipping point. Tipping point for all these ladies. In a backhand way. Yeah. Um. So, they're, they all have their separate storylines. They're all fuming at the same time. Uh, they all get together. And they are talking about... They're telling each other what's happened, basically. It seems like a week's time has passed. And they're like, this is what my week's been like. It's that kind of deal. Um, Bette Mindler, also who plays Brenda, has a great line. And she says, bye-bye, love, hello, Pop-Tarts. And I just really felt that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next, next tattoo. Uh, <laughs> first wives club (laughs) tattoo i think so i love hello pop tarts um so they get together and they're like this is you know it sucks to be a first wife let's let's get back at them or whatever let's let's take our power back essentially is what they're saying and so they all take off their rings at the same time and they put it into one glass of champagne and then they drink they toast and then they drink, but she drinks out of the glass that has the rings in it. Yeah. And that was just really disgusting
0: to me. What's funny to me, though, is, like, they have to refill the glass because Elise, like, chugs it. Yeah. <laughs> and I relate to that on a really big level.
1: Really I think bad. I wrote down, you, she drank the ring champagne. Yeah, I did.
0: <laughs> yep, there we go. Um, So, their big. the big plot of this movie is that they want to get back at their husbands in ways how do I put this they they want to make them feel the pain that they felt for being uh, used and kind of tossed and away.
1: Dumped, yeah. yeah. So they, they're like, we need help with this project, we're going to make this thing called the First Wives Club, who can we recruit? And Annie is like, my daughter, she does not like her father and is definitely in. So they go to the New York Lesbian nightclub to uh, find their daughter. And as they walk in, uh, <laughs> Annie Diane Keaton says, Lesbians are great nowadays. And I love that line. Awesome. Uh, so they go, Leah Delaria. Delaria? Yes. Leah Delaria, is in it? Oh my God. I cried. I've been missing was... her so bad
0: in Orange is yeah. no Black that I am so cried. happy to see her. Yeah. She's great.
1: That's a note. This says, Leah Delaria! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Uh, so they go they find the daughter they're like look we want to take back our power and she's like fuck yeah I'm into this let's go so they come up with this plan now this is a very intricate plan and I recommend you never mess with a woman if you don't want an intricate plan thrown back at your face truly uh the this whole scheme is genius so, Elise is the breadwinner of her family between her and Bill. They go to that hearing, and they're like, we have to split everything and what, or like, we have to sell everything and what, we, what money we make, I get half. She's like, sick. I know how to work <laughs> <Game> this. On. <laughs> That's one section. Another section is uh, Brenda's ex, Morty, with Sarah Jessica Parker, they've moved into this new penthouse, and she needs to redecorate it
0: also in this um at the funeral of cynthia Mm -hmm. uncle oh god the uncle it's very uncle carmine i was gonna say it's very yeah uncle carmine is like at the funeral this is way earlier in the movie he's like you know like morty dropped like a bunch of like stolen items off his truck and like my family covered for him even though they didn't want to, like, we know that he isn't going by his books. He's doing things illegally and I know that. Right. right. You just have to find proof. Yes. So, they just bought this penthouse. They need a decorator. Also, he's doing shady business.
1: Yes. So, uh, what's her name from Harry Potter? Professor McGonagall.
0: No, um, yeah. He has a specific name in this movie. Uh, uh, oh, it's Ganilla Garson Goldberg. Ganilla. Okay.
1: Yeah. Ganilla is a very prominent name in New York at this time. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker's character gets a meeting with her. And Ganilla? Galana? Galana? Ganilla? Ganilla. Ganilla. <laughs> um, She's like, I know this designer that can help you out. He's going to hook you up with all the things that, like, you need in your penthouse. And it just happens to be the same designer that Brenda works for that nobody likes. Bronson Pincho. <laughs> Bronson Pincho, this is a big scheme. Are you following? So... Oh, at the same time, how does she... I don't remember how she does it, but Annie gets... She buys out... She buys... Okay, so...
0: Um, Okay, so the designer is like, oh, this house needs work, and while they're in the house, or they're out of the house technically, the girls are snooping through Morty's uh, books. That's right. They're snooping through (laughs) Morty's books uh, to try and figure out what, or his tax information, stuff like that, um, while Bronson Pinchot is showing them the house um, and what all needs to be done. They escape via window cleaning thing Violet yeah. Violet you cut out for me okay you cut out for me so let's hope that worked um, the girls escape via window cleaning thing under Morty's uh, attention and Bronson Pinchot takes Sarah Jessica Parker to an auction mm-hmm. where uh, Elise is selling all of her and her husband's things um, and they
1: get go ahead, no, 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 so the auction is hosted by Annie because Annie bought all of Elisa's things
0: for a dollar
1: for a dollar, but that's revealed later <laughs> uh but i well, I'm trying to think of how Annie gets a hold of the I think Annie legally gets it in place to where she goes, I'm gonna take half of your company to yeah, yeah, yeah. her husband Eric who Elise... runs a marketing company. He's like you can't do that and she's like fucking watch me. So Elise so, sells her yeah. her antiques for a dollar but you well, don't know that yet. Also
0: well, okay Elise sells all of the stuff to like Sarah Jessica Parker and wealthy businessmen to get the down payment for half of Annie's company or Annie's husband's company. That's right. They buy him out in okay. because his company is tanking secretly um but then right annie's like oh i'll sell you all this for a dollar so yeah. that way she only has to give her husband 50 cents gotcha it's it's I love it intricate for for a 90s it is like i won't say rom-com because the romance is very thin uh in it yeah um, but for, like, a, a 90s, like, comedy, this is pretty detailed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, they've sold, they sold everything at the auction, and then they, in essence, use that money as a down payment, and she says that she sold everything for a dollar to Annie. Right. Oh, that's what and it now- is. And now. She sells everything to Annie for a dollar, and Annie auctions it off for the down payment for her husband's company. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying. We yeah. just got intertwined. There we
0: go. Oh, my <laughs> editor, Maisie.
1: No, I'm keeping all of that in because that's what it's like to write down notes for this movie. Um, yeah, so she buys out the company. Meanwhile, uh, Brenda and Uncle Carmine have kidnapped Morty, <laughs> kept him in a meat locker, and are like, "What have you done to the What have you done to the books?" Essentially, we're on to you and uh she gives him an ultimatum and is like you give me the company and let me run it or you're going to jail essentially for fraud yeah and uh he's like and so now brenda owns the appliance company and annie's company is helping brenda with the marketing right That's how Brenda ties into it? Yes, I believe so. (laughs) Okay. So after a little while, business is doing great. Um, They have, they've made the first wife's club. It starts out almost like a clubhouse, but it's a building that Elise has already owned. Mm -hmm. And it's this really, really big office warehouse. And at first, you're like, wow, what a dump. And then they really turned it around. And at the end, they, the big confrontation scene is all three women have mm. all three partners tied up in their office. They're tied not up. tied up. I think they're, they're not. Like, they're just sitting there.
0: In my dream, they're like tied up and me. Be- it's really iconic,
1: though, because they have three desks in like a U shape or like a half circle. Yeah. And then all of the men are kind of in the middle. Yeah. And they're like, what's going on? What are we doing? Oh! Fast forward two seconds because. That's what it is. Fuck, we messed it up. All we messed up. it all up. So, when Brenda's uh, confronting Morty in the meat locker, she's like, "Meet here at two o'clock." Yeah, here's yeah, a yeah. card, and it just says the First Wives Club. Yeah. So when Annie meets with, um, has to introduce uh,
0: himself to the neighbors.
1: Yeah. <laughs> with Aaron, Aaron. <laughs> she's like, "I bought the company, so don't even worry about it." She hands him a card. It says First Wives Club. Meet here at 2 o'clock. Yeah, how did we forget this? And then, and then, uh, Elise goes to Bill, and she's like, here's your 50 cents, I sold everything, don't worry, I took care of it for you, and he's like, how could you do this to me, wait till I get the lawyers involved, or whatever, and And she's she's like, like, oh, sorry, here's my half. (laughs) Oh, yeah, here's my half, and, uh, tell me more about your new little girlfriend, and he's like, don't worry about it. He was like, isn't she a little young, and he's like, no, she's fine, or whatever, and so she pulls out a yearbook... And this girl is 16! 16.
0: 16 years old.
1: So he's like, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? And Anything. she's like, first grads club, come here at 2 o'clock.
0: She's also like, I'm going to go talk to Barbara Walters. If you don't show up here, I'll decide what I talk about.
1: Get it. It's I'd be metal. scared of her. Um, so that's how all three men get into one spot. They come into what's like a waiting room. And Aaron is the last one to walk in. And he looks at the other two and he says, what did you do? And they all are just kind of like, whoa, whoa and the uh Annie's daughter Mm -hmm. the lesbian is a secretary and air quote secretary because she's really just there to tell her dad (laughs) they get called they get called into the office and she's like hey daddy and he's like yeah what's happening get me out of here and she's like I'm a lesbian and then closes the door in his face (laughs) and he's like "Uh, (laughs) uh." it's just It's just a bad day for Aaron and Aaron's eyes, but I think it's a great day. Oh, yeah. um,
0: Spoiler alert from here on forward.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh,
0: wait, this is, it, you just. We yeah. ended early on doubt, so we'll go a little extra on First Wives Club because it is so much fun. There are things that we haven't even talked about, but
1: I almost want it to be a surprise for everybody. I love it. Um, so they're in there and they're like, look, this is what's going to happen. We are confronting all of you at the same time, you're going to give me your business, you're going to give me your business and don't I'm just going to not call the cops that you're a pedophile. So don't worry about it. And they're like um you know, we have this company now called the First Wives Club and we have this building and we want to help other women you know, like us
0: and you're going to pay for it.
1: And you're going to pay for it essentially. And they're like, I'm not paying for nothing. They're like, oh, really? Okay, hello, Barbara. No, I'm just they <laughs> yeah. don't call Barbara Walters. They're but, essentially you know. like,
0: cool, you're a pedophile, you're a tax frauder, and I don't have the company, you're... so whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you have don't no at me, this. sir.
1: <laughs> Do you so, want to keep
0: your job? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I could fire you Um, and hire your daughter. Anyway, um, they essentially... I love them so much. They open a women crisis center under uh, Cynthia, what's it called? Cynthia they name it-
0: Swan Griffin, but I don't think they put Griffin under it. I think they put her whole name. Oh, I thought they didn't th- include Griffin because that was her ex-husband's name, and that's why they think that she killed herself. Oh. So I thought it was just a Cynthia Swan Center for women. Uh, Women in crisis, but yeah, I think that's right, rad. Because the news are one of my favorite things as the news reporter is like, I heard this all started because your uh, husband's left you for younger women, and they were like, Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like there was no like, oh no, it was about that. They were like, Uh, yeah, duh. That's why we were like, Hey, definitely men need to stop, that's definitely, women like trash,
1: yeah. So they open up <laughs> the crisis center in their friend's honor, and they have this big shebang. and... That's when they sing the... um For the second time. What's the song?
0: And don't tell me what to say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Leslie
0: Gore's that You Don't Own Me.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. Sorry. That um, was for
0: podcast listeners only.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love
0: it. Let us know if you want to have a meetup on our year anniversary and we'll sing... You Don't owe Me by Leslie Gore
1: with <laughs> all the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> That's exactly what we'll do. I Not. would cry. <laughs> uh, I cried at the end. I cried when they showed the center. Yeah. They just, it all tied together so nicely. They're, they went out there and they did the damn thing for women and they got their power back. Maybe kind of illegally, but hey. <laughs> the
0: only thing I didn't like is Bill... Uh, yeah. Lisa's husband, who was like banging the 16-year-old unbeknownst, winds up with Sarah Jessica Parker.
1: Yeah. I was It's like, real shitty. I
0: was like, I could have literally, like, they're both garbage people, but
1: It could have gone without that scene.
0: Yeah, literally. Woof. Um, Maisie, would you recommend this movie to anybody? Uh, every day. Yeah. If you like women, watch this movie. Also, I just can't get over the cast. Like, It was like every five seconds someone else popped out of the woodwork and freaking, it was just so good. It was was really. what I describe as a feel good movie. Yeah, honestly. Like I enjoyed myself. I I was so bummed because I wanted to watch it with my mom and I ran out of time. So I was like, I'll just watch it by myself. Fine. And I was like, I just want to show this to every like woman that I really care about and know and love. But seriously, it's so much fun. The cast is incredible. And just... We picked solid, solid movies this week.
1: This week made up for last week. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Alright. I loved it. Which means, now that we're done with this week's movies, I kind of talked about it earlier. We'll see if it gets cut out. Who freaking knows? It will. Um, So we kind of talked about our school lives uh last episode and so i decided to make this week a themed week like i said earlier this won't be an every week thing but i thought it would be kind of fun since uh, school is starting back to pick a movie involving school themes uh just kids being kids whatever movie fits into that category um all i know Does right now to be kids? <laughs> is that Maisie was googling high school musicals so we'll see where it goes no, because I think I kind of broke the rules. So if you kind of broke the rules too, it's I our did. Own podcast, so we break the rules. Maisie, what the heck is your movie for next week?
1: Um, well, I went through several options, and uh, <laughs> I picked Night School <laughs> with Kevin Hart. With Kevin Hart <laughs> and Tiffany <laughs> Haddish. All right, all right. <laughs> I will take it. I feel like you won't. Oh, I'm going to watch it. Don't you worry. It's on HBO now. Uh, It is uh, the 2018, 27% on Rotten Tomatoes comedy. 27%? (laughs) 27. I have never seen it, and I did say I want to see a movie I hadn't seen. There we go. But Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish, Rob Riggle, Taryn Killam. I love Rob uh, Riggle, and that's about it. Ben Schwartz <laughs> is in it. What? Okay, I
0: love Ben Schwartz. He's Sonic the Hedgehog now, so iconic.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Uh. Um, okay, so go ahead, watch my movie first. Um, okay. Let me get the facts up. Wow, yeah, okay. So what's funny about this, I'm going to go ahead and spoil the movies I almost picked um, while I'm Googling things. I So I narrowed it down to Heather's. Which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I was gonna pick that. Oh my god, I love Heather's. So any excuse to watch Heather's, so I was like, oh yeah, gonna take it. But I've literally seen it like fifty billion times. Yeah. me with a chainsaw, love that movie. Um, <clears throat> uh, and then Super Bad was also on my list, and uh, I saw Susan Sarandon on a Sockey game, oh, socky. Wow, okay, soccer game this morning. Uh, and for some reason I connected that with Sissy Spacek, so I almost picked Carrie. However, I... You can pick all of those. (laughs) I know, I love those movies, all of them. Wow, okay, this is going to be such a dress. (laughs) Okay, I picked 2013's Short Term 12, um, starring Brie Larson, uh, Remy Malik, and... what's his name he's freaking great and like everything john gallagher jr um but brie larson most importantly uh it has a 98 percent on rotten tomatoes (laughs) this is gonna be fun um i've seen this movie uh spoiler alert one time i haven't had the guts to watch it again it is in my top 10 movies of all time but also I think I cheated because I don't know if it technically counts as a school. It's a center for at-risk youth. Um, so if you want me to pick something different, I will. But since night school doesn't deal with adults, our kids will roll with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely into it. Um, I had like four movies from the earlier 2000s slash late 90s that I really wanted to pick because I feel like everything happened in a high school then.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I almost picked <laughs> 10 Things I Hate About You, Clueless. I,
1: I wanted Easy A.
0: Oh, I love Easy A.
1: <laughs> but it's only available on, like, Stars or something. Yeah. But anyway.
0: My first – oh, my first original pick was The Faculty, which if you haven't seen that is it stars Usher – uh, Josh Hartnett, Elijah Wood, Famka jason It's amazing. It's directed by Robert Rodriguez, but it's not available on the streaming services. So, our recommendations are EZA and the faculty. However, we're going to be watching Night School starring Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish, and Short Term 12 starring Brie Larson and John Gallagher Jr.
1: Wow.
0: I'm excited. I
1: love- what a contrast! Yeah, uh, Short Term 12 is available on Netflix, by the way. Uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh,
0: yeah, I think it's Netflix and who, or Amazon Prime. So, um, on that gotcha. note, uh, if you want to watch the movies with us, please tweet us your thoughts on either this week's movie or upcoming movies. If you have any suggestions for themes or anything you want to see on this podcast, let us know. Uh, you can tweet us at Streamweavers Pod or just Streamweavers.
1: Just Dreamweavers.
0: At Streamweavers uh on Twitter or you can email us at streamweavers uh, at gmail.com And as always, um god, I always, I liked when I did the don't cross the streams thing, so I want to do another movie quote. Um Uh ladies, just remember you don't own me. Don't tell me I can't go with other boys. And don't tell me what to say and don't tell me what to do. This is Stream Weavers. I'm Violet.
1: I'm Aizy. Bye-bye, love, and hello, Pop-Tarts.
0: We're out. (laughs) Oh, no. I almost hung up the chat and not ended the video. (laughs)